Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> He was saying, what's some good news? This is a tiny thing that I noticed. Uh, you remember Richard Spencer? He's basically the organizer of Unite the Right. Lunatic. The white nationalist group that was marching in Charlottesville. It's all in for Trump. Not anymore. Listen to me, baby. That's all you gotta do. Oh, Here's his quote. He tweeted last night. I deeply regret voting for and promoting Donald Trump in 2016. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean... That's- that's good. That's interesting. What the fuck did I just hear? Do you know why? It was because it Trump, to do like I said yesterday, right? Trump ran on not invading and not being a war. That's monster. what I'm talking about. This was and these this people. Was, they don't want. They're, they're the ones who are going to go. I doubt it. You are fake too. Go home, bitch. I can't believe it. Very fake. Someone will have so much like, hate in their heart. Great story. Compelling yeah, and rich. You are a terrific team on all counts. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Plenty to talk about tonight. As usual, a plane crashes at the time. That's what was reported. It crashed. Just after takeoff from Tehran. And over the week, the story switches from mechanical error to, whoops, Iran shot it down. Our bad. Uh, protesters yeah, I can't are make out. a lot of sense of this, this story. Well, you, you can view it, uh, Iran is saying human error, so you can view, view it as pure mistake, or you can view it as uh, intentional with some sort of uh, some sort of motive, although it's hard to see whatever the motive that, if there was a motive, it's hard to see how it worked out mm. in an advantageous fashion for the Iranians. But the protesters are out uh, in the streets over the weekend, and of course, there's only one thing for sure about the whole thing, and that is that somehow, someway, this is Trump's fault. So much so that uh, The View, as you heard there, is actually praising Richard Spencer's wisdom this week, or at least something of of that flavor. The audience is applauding Richard Spencer at The View, uh, proving, of course, that hating Trump erases all sins. So I can't wait till The View is actually going to have Richard Spencer on. That'll be the day. What is this world? It's an odd one. We'll, We'll talk about it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has ended her weird delay charade and she's sending, she says at least, who knows this, the story changes every day. She says now though, that she's going to send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. But, uh, based on what she had to say on the Sunday morning talk shows this morning, don't think that's the end. She's already hinting that, uh, house Democrats could have more up their sleeves. Are you ready for impeachment too? Don't rule that oh, out. Oh, always. I, I just want more of this all the time. <laughs> we got a hoax hate duo to close. 
Um, but the, the latter one, I have no idea if it's a hoax or not. It, it's uh, let's just say it's the weirdest swastika I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I've seen plenty of weird ones in the what three and a half years of doing this stream. This is the weirdest. <laughs> No, oh, I thought you were going to make a joke. That was actually nope. just a real cough. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go through those uh, those items. And of course, we'll take Super Chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, or DLive in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It's going to be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listing material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com. One of the many things we have over on the website is uh, special deals from listener-owned businesses. Of course, this week's feature business is our friends over at Phoenix Ammunition. Of course, you guys know Phoenix is a family-owned business out of Michigan. has you covered for competitive shooting, tactical training, or self-defense. Whatever your purpose, Phoenix has a product for you. And they want to make sure every American citizen has the tools they need to protect themselves. And their families, of course, uh, Phoenix offers 5% off all their products to listeners of this show using the promo code MCLISTENER. But that's not all. Phoenix is also offering free shipping to the state of Virginia as the state continues to uh, threaten the rights of its citizens. We'll see how that one plays out soon here. But if you live in Virginia or you just want to support a company that steps up when rights and principles are on the line, check out the website uh, Phoenix's website, that is, at phoenixammo.com. Of course, you can find everything you need from Phoenix, plus other offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, uh, including Sonoran Defense Technologies, Charity Swipes, Formidable Web Solutions, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, we had a meetup in... Uh, how do I pronounce this? I'll probably pronounce it wrong. Smyrna? Is it Smyrna, Georgia? Smyrna? Smyrna? I don't, I don't know. I want to say Smyrnoff, but it kind of looks like that maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, a meetup in uh, suburban Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of cool people hanging out there. And uh, I'm told this is at a B-dubs. B-dubs and there was uh, Coors Light involved. Oh. I was informed. So fantastic choices. And there's a little baby there. In Georgia. Yeah. There are a, two little a, babies there. It's a family affair. Oh. So, uh fantastic to see remember uh if you are interested in meeting listeners in your area we have uh information on the community page of the website mattchristensenmedia.com slash community you can check that out and i've just added we'll see how this goes i'm very interested to see because upon uh listener request of course the meetups have been so successful far more successful than i think either of you ever thought this thing would be that uh one listener is interested in setting up a page just for people looking for dating and personals. So I said, sure, go ahead and set it up. I'll, I'll link it on the website. That information is now up there. So if you're looking to find people of similar values and exquisite podcast, podcast taste, of course, uh, check it out. And maybe uh, you'll find that person through the website. I, I didn't, I, I have no idea what to expect here right now. It's predictably pretty much all guys, but uh, you know, ladies who might be looking to mix it up hop right in i didn't uh, admittedly I, I thought i don't know kind of a long shot for this to work out but i was informed by email a couple days ago that there no. is a there is a wedding that is planned and I, I can't name the people but two people who met on our discord server are in fact getting married soon <laughs> so you guys know who you are shout out to you guys and uh you know like, like we always say when we're discussing these sorts of things all it takes is is finding one finding that one person and uh, 
who knows maybe they're in the audience with you it's cool to see so we'll see how this works out and um, thanks to uh, listener initiative for uh, getting this project started anyway i know we can't tear you up just yet keep it together all day i'm just (laughs) everything's making me cry today well uh what was your favorite marianne williamson moment uh, though the one about um like breaking through the hate with love or harnessing the love that's what it was i we will Super bid good. adieu to marianne williamson with exactly that clip momentarily but yes uh spiritual healer marianne williamson ended her campaign for president on friday she outlasted kamala harris i think that i think that's accomplishment enough She never did gain much momentum, rarely polling above 1% support, though. She says on her website, quote, I ran for president to help forge another direction for our country. I wanted to discuss things I felt needed to be discussed that otherwise were not. I feel that we have done that uh, as we do for every Democratic campaign uh, gone too soon. Of course, we remember Marianne Williamson for president. Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win. Girlfriend, you are so on. Well, uh, someone else is going to have to win with love, but uh, we appreciate it. And remember her impassioned proposals for reparations, too. She was the I I will say the one thing I'll say, of course, she's like an absurd candidate and there's almost nothing she says that I agree with. And not just the policy. I'm sad. Just the the comedy was, you know, the comedy was great. But I will also say about her reparations uh, stuff. She's the only candidate with the balls to actually put a plan out there. Now, it's nonsense. What did she say this? I, I can't even remember. Her, her reparations plan? Yeah, this is She had a whole plan to pay out. Uh, it had some questions, of course. It had some, had some kinks to work out. But she had a budget of 200 to $500 billion oh, okay. for reparations. And she's the only one, because the rest of the candidates, remember, they said, oh, I support like a commission to study reparation. They just kind of danced around it and they kind of wanted to to play it both ways and and not really commit right marianne williamson was the candidate who said yes i'm all in on reparations and here's a plan it was nonsense plan but i admire the commitment oh she's kind of cute this is this is what women want in a candidate right she's she's kind of cute i i did enjoy the laws so i'm i'm sad about this but i can't believe that she dropped out after kamala harris that's the most shocking part about to be fair she never got close to kamala harris's uh, the the level of support Kamala Harris once achieved, yeah. but she did in fact outlast. How? How did Kamala Harris? Why was she the first? Well, she wasn't the first to go. But. She wasn't the first, but she just fell off a cliff. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next debate is set for Tuesday, and um, <laughs> are you gonna watch it? Oh, of course, of course. How can you sit through these things? I'll I'll watch for thirty minutes, and then I'm like, I can't. I'll well, some would say it's my job. But, you know, <laughs> that's true. But it's just so intolerable. It's like the pandering yeah. and then the Joe Biden moment. Oh, the Joe Biden. Moments. The last few have kind of sucked, but we'll see how this one goes. If you believe the uh, people writing the headlines at Washington Post and Politico, it's going to suck because of the racial demographics 
So headline Washington Post, only white candidates have qualified for the Democrats' January debate. Politico writes, next debate stage will be the smallest, whitest one yet. Uh, of course, the qualifiers are Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Sanders, Steyer, and Warren. Now, there were objective, as with all these debates, there were objective standards to qualify. In this case, it was 225,000 unique campaign donors and 7% support in two qualifying polls in early states or 5% in at least four polls of early states and or nationally. But the Washington Post writes, the specter of an all-white debate in the mostly white state of Iowa is prompting concern among party activists. And this person quoted in the Washington Post story, from Color of Change. This is Rashad Robinson, executive director of Color of Change. Quote, Both the way the primary is set up and the way debates are done are a problem. The system they have designed, they being the party, uh, they have designed has suppressed the most loyal base of the Democratic Party. Now, of course, this is uh, a prime invitation for Cory Booker to do his routine of, hey, guys, I'm still black. I'm yeah. Cory Booker and Look I'm black still black. Super black. Vote for the black guy. Well, as <laughs> I don't know if he's super black, but he's definitely blacker than the rest of the field. Ah, he's barely black. He's, he's Don still, Lemon black. Yeah, that's about right. It's about the right shade, I would say. <laughs> he's still trying to run his campaign based on this appeal. So he sends out in a campaign email. He writes, I know I've written to you about this topic a few times now, and it pains me to have to do so. But it is deeply problematic that a Democratic primary field that started as the most diverse in history will almost certainly feature no candidates of color in the next debate. This lack of diversity doesn't represent the ideals of our party, and it doesn't represent the ideals of our country. And he, too, says the rules are racist. He, he writes further in this email, the DNC's debate thresholds have had the effect of cutting off access to the debate stage for candidates of color who deserve to be heard in this election. There have barely been any polls in the field that would allow a campaign like ours to demonstrate momentum. Maybe you're qualify. just pandering too much. Yeah, maybe this isn't an maybe effective you're not strategy. Qualified. I mean, he's literally writing, in other words, don't be a racist, vote for me based purely on the color of my skin. We've already That's had a black president. How not racist do we have to be? Then there was a remember there was a white lash after that, though, as Van Jones put it, it made some people more racist. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's saying right there, well, it had the effect of a racially disproportionate or non-representative outcome. Well, the effect doesn't matter if the process was race right. neutral yeah. and the process was race neutral. You just sucked. And, and besides, this is the same issue with Kamala Harris. Who are the racists then? It is demo likely Democratic voters being polled. Yeah. This is a problem not with the country, but with your Democratic primary voters. They're racist. I mean, and then if that outcome is the problem, what's the solution? Like, how are you going to get the outcome that you want? Are you going to have token black guy Cory Booker on the stage simply because he's black? What not did you because find this so offensive if you were black? Oh, of course. Same thing if it's for any any minority, if it's for women or whatever. It's like, sorry, dude, you didn't get the vote. To your point, the, the prior president proved it is possible to be a black person who gets sufficient votes for president of the United States. Do better. Yeah, really. It's not, it's and just impossible. to point this out, after that, we were like, oh, I guess we're not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was JK. all a, it was all a charade so we could say, look how not racist we are. Totally you know, not we, racist. Yeah. But I would ask Cory Booker too. It's like, okay, Joe Biden has a pretty strong hold on black voters. Yeah. Is your claim that black voters are racist in not voting for you? That is or, mind-boggling. Joe Biden eh? is the candidate for black voters. That's the, that's the, the, state the most that we're disconnected in. old white man, entrenched bureaucrat, Joe Biden. We'll see. But Cory Booker, I mean, he should have quit by now, but he's certainly on the short list of candidates to quit next. We'll see how long he continues this bit. If I have to give any credit to the idea that it is rigged against certain candidates, though, did you see this CNBC mistake this week? Yeah. So CNBC is covering. Um, yeah, that's what they say, at least. Who knows? Uh, they're covering fundraising totals for the candidates. And as you can see on your screen there on the far right of the screen, it's labeled Tulsi Gabbard and it's a picture of Kirsten Gillibrand. And then uh, midway on the, on the right side of the screen, there's Andrew Yang's fundraising total with what at the time everyone just assumed was like a random Chinese guy or Asian guy. <laughs> so everybody's like, who the hell's this person? Well, that guy happens to be, uh, he's a venture capitalist. I guess he's on the AT&T board. His name is Jeff Yang. And he's on Twitter. He says, uh, hey, this is Jeff Yang, and I am not running for president. So uh, if I want to be as charitable as possible, I mean, I'm guessing, like, if this was just a stupid intern mistake and not a deliberate attempt at putting a smokescreen over Gabbard and Yang uniquely, for whatever reason, maybe it's like, well, Gabbard and Gillibrand are sort of similar names. Maybe there was just a intern confusion there. And the fact that this guy is also named Yang, maybe they just, Hey, what's up? What's, what's Yang's first name? I can't remember. Yang businessman. You Google that in and Oh, it's oh, Jeff God. Yang. That's right. It's a standard Asian confusion, right? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but the, the only pushback I'd have against deliberate is like, if you really wanted to smoke screen this, this is such a, like, why you just exclude them from the screen or something? This is such yeah. a weird smoke screen. Yeah. But maybe it is. I mean, the I can't. It, it's very odd how a lot of these mistakes and omissions happen to go against, say, Tulsi Gabbard specifically, Andrew Yang specifically. I don't. Uh, I, I, I'm not mad at the the skeptics and the uh, so-called tinfoil hatters uh, on those teams. Uh, Dangerous Spaces just said, Blonde, how did they get this so wrong? <laughs> thank very you good. very good tell me about uh nick sandman's settlement because that's big news this week yeah, is uh, I mean, nick sandman is settling with cnn i wish we knew more i want to know everybody wants to know mm. how much did they settle for i mean it was for 275 million dollars for defamation so they reached a settlement but there is obviously no information about what that settlement entailed and i'm sure he assigned some sort of elaborate non-disclosure agreement um, and that was part of the settlement. Uh, so CNN spokesperson confirmed Tuesday with the Inquirer that a settlement was reached. The network would not comment on the detail of the settlement. Nick's lawyers did not respond to phone calls or emails at the time of this report. That's great, though. I'm really happy to see this because he's still going to keep going at people. Which one was the one that was dropped? Was that WAPO? There was the Washington Post one that was dropped, but I thought that got re like reestablished based on something. I know we updated the story, but it escapes my mind at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about this case, and we don't know how this case would have developed, but back when we had some more information about the CNN case, specifically back in May, CNN was arguing at the time that calling someone racist is not an actionable 
uh, accusation in terms right. of defamation because it can't be proved true or so false. So this must develop some kind of precedent, right? Well, one would assume if that was the crux of it, one would assume that the court, that there was some reason for CNN to back off that defense. That yeah. actually, like, if you defame someone as racist based on false, based on information you should have known to be false, that that would in fact be actionable. This is speculation on my part, but mm-hmm. I do know that CNN's prior defense was like, you you can call people racist all you want because it can't you can't prove it one way that one right. way or the other. Right. Interesting defense. Um, the, Another thing about this, he's potentially suing Nathan Phillips, too. So his lawyer came out and said that they will sue <laughs> Nathan Phillips, the Native American elder, if you've forgotten, yes. uh, seeking up to $5 million in damages. Um, because Phillips said on CNN and elsewhere that he witnessed hate from the boys. that They were chanting, build the wall, in addition to now provably false claims about his Vietnam era military service. Uh, although those are not relevant to the lawsuit. So it's just, yeah, he, he lies a lot, you know, uh, or did lie a lot in this particular case. And in the story, it notes that uh, the judge says Phillips doesn't have that kind of money. So I guess they're going to have to take a pliers and pull out what few teeth he has left. Yeah, really. Give them to Nick Sandman. He can cash in with the tooth fairy, I think. That's good. We'll I see. mean, I kind of feel like people that do stuff like this should be financially ruined. Is that mean? Yeah, well, I, every time you talk about this sort of thing, you get uh, you have to you have to come back because free speech purists, and I consider myself to be one, uh, want to square this with say free speech principles, and um, the standard here. And if if Sandman wins on the standard of defamation that exists, good for him. But if you're if you're Nathan Phillips, aided by CNN, remember Nathan Phillips went on CNN and voiced several of these lies in addition to other media outlets. What you're saying is a defamatory statement with with um, uh, with reckless disregard for the truth, basically. Yeah. Like they know these things are false with the intent of damaging Nick Sandman, and uh, and in the context of just a private person like Nick Sandman, he's not really uh, the subject of public scrutiny. In fact, the only reason he's known is because of this incident. So yeah. I don't have a problem with that standard of defamation at all. And um, this is fantastic I, for all of us. Uh, well, th- this case was handled so egregiously by so many different media actors that, um, that yeah, if they, if they did actual damage to the people they smeared, I don't have a problem with them being held accountable for that. Clearly you do when you're a giant news network and somebody's a teenager, you're, you're going to do reputational damage. The, the entire yeah. month was just spent. The news coverage was spent like destroying them. They did no due diligence. They didn't look into Nathan Phillips at all, even with his stolen valor claims, or it was stolen valor-esque right i mean he did in fact he he is in fact a veteran he just made statements in the past that said basically he was in vietnam when in fact he was in the marine corps after or like at the point the vietnam war was coming to a close and he was uh he was like a mechanic or if i read correctly like a refrigerator technician we're not talking about guy on the front lines you know manning the machine gun or something did he call himself a veteran yeah, and that's that's true, but he even said he would say things like back in my nom days, you know, stuff like that. Like there were no nom days. He he made up this crap for the purpose of like making himself credible. Yeah. He inflated his military record, let's put it that way. It's not I, I wouldn't call it stolen valor insofar as he never served, of course, but he yeah. inflated himself to make himself more credible for the purpose of smearing a kid for political purposes. Right. 
This Jeffy Smollett thing will never end. Ugh. Well, this looks like there's positive news to report too, at least positive yeah. in terms of if, if we're ever going to get the, the whole truth of what happened here. What's going on with this? A Cook County judge has ordered Google to turn over Jesse Smollett's emails, photos, location data, and private messages for an entire year as part of the special prosecutor's investigation into the attack on the actor, purported attack on the attacker. So <clears throat> this is really promising because they also want all of the stuff surrounding his, um, surrounding in, in the months after Kim Fox's office dismissed the, the uh, disorderly conduct charges. Hmm. So they, they want like the whole <laughs> shebang. So they're going to find something, I'm sure. I can't imagine that, that they were super careful about their correspondence. So to obviously not. I mean, they're cutting checks for the, right. the all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. and they were contacting each other. Remember, like that's how cops cracked this whole uh, cracked the 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 fact pattern here was they were communicating with each other on their regular cell phones. Like they right. didn't even ha they didn't even get burner phones, phones for this thing. So the warrants uh, fired la filed, filed last month in circuit court sought a trove of documentation from Smollett and his manager and his manager's Google accounts. Hmm. Um, not just emails, but drafted and deleted messages, any files in their Google Drive, uh, cloud storage services, and that saves automatically. Any mm -hmm. Google voice text, calls, contacts, search and web browsing history location data. And they want a full year from November 2018 to November 2019, even though what happened took place between late January and late March. Wow, so they think there might be relevant communication well after the fact of the crime. Yes. Yeah. That would be, I mean, if that proves to be fruitful from the prosecutor's perspective, that is amazing idiocy. Like if well, they clearly <laughs> think that it's going to implicate Kim Fox. Oh, there's that too. Okay. So they're actually looking at Kim Fox and not just Jesse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Authorities could be okay. for any incriminating remarks from Smollett or his manager, especially ah. in the months after state attorney Kim Fox's office. Okay. Yeah. Um, additionally, a lawsuit is expected to be filed. Oh, whoops. That's in the wrong section. Oh. Wrong section. How did I do that? Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, this is good. I mean, I, I just can't imagine that nothing is going to turn up. We don't have a timeline for like the lawsuits or the investigations development mm -hmm. at all. I just have I'm to wait. I'm surprised to right. see this though. I thought they were really just going to going to drop it. No, I will, maybe we'll actually get some more information. We already basically know what happened. I just want something I want so... Some, I, I want, want him to have... Yeah. He has like 1% deniability right now that he clings to. I want 0%. I want the smoking gun. And I want him to apologize. apologize. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, this story... <laughs> I, I had to like double, triple check this when I stumbled across this tweet uh, on Twitter this week because it was trending and uh, I hopped on Twitter. It's now deleted, but I read this. This from Paul Krugman, who is a, uh, a New York Times columnist with famous terrible predictions. We're, we're supposed to be in a depression right now, according to Paul Krugman, because of Trump, but here we are. He says, quote, uh, well, I'm on the phone with my computer security service, and as I understand it, someone compromised my IP address and is using it to download child pornography. Uh -huh. I might just be a random target, but this could be an attempt to QAnon me. I don't even know what he means when he says that. I don't know. I don't think uh, it's an ugly QAnon world is. out there. And uh, well, so what's the rest of this story? It, 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 he deleted the tweet, basically. Yeah, and then, yeah. And now he... Um, 
I mean, okay, he, what he's saying is, I suppose, that Donald Trump, okay, that he that he's suggesting strongly that Donald Trump is working with QAnon to unmask this like wealth of of child porn, this ring of child porn. He's 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 acting like this is some kind of PizzaGate nonsense. And someone he's saying that someone planted child porn on his. Basically, he's basically. saying that somebody used his IP address to download child porn, presumably because some information is going to come out that he had acquired child porn. Yeah. And, and yeah. now he so he deleted the tweet and he is now saying the Times is on the case and he says the Times thinks it may have been a scam. Anyway, I will have more security in the future. I don't know what kind of scam like did he get a weird email scam and he clicked the wrong link or something? I don't know. Something? I mean, uh, this just shows a shocking lack of understanding of what QAnon is. And why would you ever come out with this publicly unless you thought that you were going to be incriminated like immediately? Right. Like this, the, the guy's typing the story right now. Yeah. You know, like someone called him and said, hey, Paul, I, you know, I got I uh, got word that you're into kitty porn and I'm writing a story about it. Care to comment? Then he goes on Twitter and says this, but I don't see any of those stories and I can't figure out. It's like, okay. And I, I was tweeting about this and some people were saying, well, listen, I've heard of stuff like this happening. People have been framed in such a way. And I'm saying, yeah, of course, let me be clear. I'm not accusing Paul Krugman of, of having child pornography or of being a pedo until I see evidence that he does. This doesn't look great though. But I'm, I don't see a good explanation for if this is hundred percent true as described, why would you go on Twitter and be like, hey, guys, just in case you hear some stuff about me and child porn, just know that I was a victim of a weird scam or something. I mean, would you ever try to get ahead of a story about you that wasn't true? Let's say I was in the situation where I got that kind of call from like a BuzzFeed reporter. I'd be I, like, go nuts. I, I've never done that. Oh, yeah. Especially if I know it was 100% bunk. I think I would be inclined to wait for the story's publication and respond as opposed to try to yeah. get out ahead of it. Unless it were true, in which case I'd be like, I better find a way to get out ahead of this. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if uh, any more information comes of that. But, but, but I'm like team Pizzagate. All of these people are pedophiles, right wing death squads now. I well, you know, I tend to cuck on accusations of pedophilia until substantiated yeah, and all your evidence <laughs> whatever it's not throwing around those accusations lightly i know uh i we mean we were just talking about nathan phillips and now i'm like this guy's totally pedophile <laughs> I, I don't know i i would never make that kind of accusation without serious credible evidence to do so uh of course i just think that going on twitter and posting about it is very very weird uh anyway <laughs> yeah to the real news, let's talk about this uh, this plane shot down over Iran. So, Baffling. I just cannot make heads or tails out of this. Last we spoke, of course, uh, Trump had ordered the missile strike on Soleimani, and Iran had promised revenge, and everyone was very nervous about uh, World War III happening imminently. So on Tuesday, Iran made good on that promise for revenge, sort of. They launched a rocket attack on Iraqi bases that house U.S. forces. No Americans were killed despite initial claims by Iran that up to 80 American personnel had died. One thing's for sure that the U.S. knew in advance of these strikes. There are kind of two competing. They're not even necessarily mutually exclusive stories, but 
As far as the Trump administration is concerned, they're maintaining that they knew this strike was coming because of excellent intelligence and advanced, uh, advanced warning systems. And they maintain that Iran intended to do serious harm. But uh, other sources tell media outlets that uh, basically Iran gave advance warning to Iraq. Iraq in turn tipped off the U.S. and the U.S. was able to uh, send all their personnel into bunkers. And really nothing happened. Nobody, not only did nobody die, nobody was hurt. I, I've read of light damage to like a hangar at one of these bases, but right. we're, we're talking even minimal property damage. Considering this notice and the fact that four, so Iran fired 15 missiles, four of them failed to hit their targets at all. Um, one would infer, at least my interpretation is that, um, that Iran, uh, that the strikes were minimally destructive on purpose. So Iran could save face. Uh, and then they could claim that they've struck back at the United States without doing enough to cause the United States to retaliate any further. And, um, it appears that, that Trump is, of course, Trump wouldn't want to acknowledge that because if if you think that this is generally a good outcome, all things considered, you don't want to you know make fun of Iran and say, "Ha, ah, you guys suck!" What a weak ass response, because then they have to respond again. Um, oh, I don't have my article here, but anyway, uh, Trump is responding with sanctions uh, and not further military action. So Trump comes out. Uh, on Wednesday and says Iran appears to be standing down and announcing there would be, and he announced there'd be no military reprisal for the missile attack instead announcing new sanctions that will be imposed until Iran changes its ways. Trump said Iran must abandon its nuclear ambitions and end its support for terrorism. So at least for now, world war three is on hold. Uh, but the house did act to try to limit Trump's war power so last weekend, we were talking about a lot of the Democratic response. And funny, oh, oh, now they suddenly care a lot about congressional authority over war-making power per the Constitution. How, how very principled of them. You can go back and find clips of Nancy Pelosi no, less than 10 years ago talking about Barack Obama uh, authorizing uh, um, airstrikes in Libya. And she said, oh, no, he doesn't need he doesn't need congressional authority or congressional approval for that. That's just fine. Trump does it. Suddenly we got to claw back power. And actually, what bugs me the most about this response from the House, one, it's not principled, as I just described. But two, it's just weak. It's not they didn't even pass a bill. They didn't pass a law. They didn't pass something that they'll send to the Senate and act that actually has teeth. Of course, the president would veto it anyway without um without the supermajority necessary, but they didn't even stand on their principle. They passed a resolution in the house, which is just, here's our opinion on paper. Great. Cool. Good for you, Nancy. But specifically what this resolution says, uh, it, it directs the president to terminate the use of us armed forces to engage in hostilities against Iran, unless Congress has declared war or has enacted a specific authorization or unless action is necessary to defend against an imminent attack. So, as we talked about last week, I'm with the principle of Congress, of course, maintaining ultimate authority over war-making power. And maybe the president does have a little bit too much of that now, and not just for this president, but for any president. I'm with that principle. But as soon as you put the, the fact that they put necessary to defend against imminent attack in this resolution, well, that's one of the exact justifications <laughs> the president used. Yeah. That's what he said. Soleimani was planning attacks against the U.S. imminently. 
whether you believe that or not, that's what he said. And <laughs> if he was going to do it again, he, that's what he would say again if the circumstances are right and your resolution means nothing. We ever uh, going to get that evidence? Well, he did. There were briefings for members of Congress, classified briefings this week. And they there are varying degrees of satisfaction. So, of course, Democrats came out and they said, this is bullshit. We're totally unsatisfied. You also had Mike Lee of Utah coming out and saying, also saying, this is bullshit. I'm totally unsatisfied. Uh, I, it's, it's basically a game of whose, whose judgment do you trust? But as I mentioned last week, there was talk of declassifying some of this intelligence uh, of course i would like to see it if yeah uh, they don't always jerk us around remember what happened with the pfizer report that just getting still, that information still waiting still on, waiting on, on the that. carter page <laughs> pfizer application yeah. please put them together it'll be a great day mm. and the, my other problem with this too is why is it iran specific if you have this problem with uh, presidential war making power you just why don't you just redo the war powers act so the right. war powers act is from the 70s and this is the kind of the, the current standard. It requires the president to notify Congress of any military operation within 48 hours. And the president can't engage in military action for more than 60 days. If it's about principle, why not just go at that law and reform it and say yeah. these standards are too broad? We're going to we're going to scale them back a little bit. Well, because this isn't about the principle of the standard. This is about Trump. And, I can't believe it. I know. And uh, and limiting his power. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I and even even if you want to say, oh, it's just Iran specifically. As I said, pass a law. Actually, don't do this. Here's our here's our opinion on a piece of paper, Orange Man. You better look at it. Pass a law. Yeah. Trump is operating according to the law, like it or not, he is. And if you think the law needs reforming, reform the law. You're in Congress, after all. That's what you're there to do. Uh, this is where it gets weird, as we were talking about at the start of the show, because uh, you, as you mentioned, hating Trump is in fact basically a principle. And what I mean by that is hating Trump is a guide to life for a certain segment of the population, far too big of a population, a segment of the population for my liking. And the women of The View exemplified this perfectly this week. They... They pr maybe praise <laughs> is too strong of a word. They spoke with some level of positivity and the audience applauded Richard Spencer. Yes, yeah. that Richard Spencer, not some this other happened, one. This happened, guys. This happened. That Richard Spencer. It was one small thing. You were saying, what's some good news? This is a tiny thing that I noticed. Uh, you remember Richard Spencer? He's basically mm -hmm. the organizer of Unite the Right, Lunatic. the white nationalist group that was marching in Charlottesville. It was all in for Trump. Not anymore. Here's his really? quote. He tweeted last night, I deeply regret voting for and promoting Donald Trump in 2016. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, that's, that's good. That's interesting. Do you that's, know why? Well, because it has to do Trump, with like I said Israel, yesterday, right? Trump ran on not invading and not being a war. That's monitor. what I'm talking about. This was and these this was, people. They don't want they're, they're the ones who are going to go because they're national. But this was the cornerstone yeah. of this was a huge part of his platform when he ran. And that's why I asked mm -hmm. his base. You can't believe everything someone says just because you like that person. Believe what you what your principles are and what you stand for. And if mm -hmm. he, you know, this is why I'm confused. I want to know what the strategy is. Oh, principles and standing for what you believe and yeah. you're confused. Okay, I mean, don't don't just go along with a person because you like that person. Well, also don't hate a person or hate a, a th something they say just because you hate the person. Yeah. Do you I notice? Megan McCain, of course, was was right. Ugh, I hate that those words just came uh, out of my mouth, but. What did she say? Uh, right she about said what? it's because of his support of Israel. 
and that is, that is what this is about. Oh, about for Richard Spencer? Yeah, of course. I missed that portion of the uh, clip, but well, uh, nobody listens to her because you know she's really dumb. That's oh, they're the other, all really dumb. But the other drama on the View is apparently none of the members are talking to Megan anymore. They all ignore her except for the show because they're not friends. Because she supports the orange. Is it because women hate each other? Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Did you catch the part too where Joy Behar is reading Richard Spencer's tweet and she's reacting to it? And she goes, "No, no, that's good." I mean, that's interesting. She catches herself saying good about Richard Spencer. Strange bedfellows this Iran thing has made. Value neutral interesting. That's all it is. I do like how they just become, they're like a, you know, a discombobulated robot or something. Something like this happens. It's like, do I hate racism more than I hate? Donald Trump? How do And and the answer is no. I mean, to Abby Huntsman's (laughs) question about principles and values, what is a principle and value on which they supposedly oppose Trump? If you had to ask them to make a list, top three, racism is going to be one. 100%. We don't like Trump because racism is bad. Okay. Now, they accuse Trump of being a white nationalist. They say Trump is bad specifically because he has the support of people like Richard Spencer, which would Mm -hmm. imply Richard Spencer is higher on the evil hierarchy. Because he's a, a a Charlottesville guy, a true tiki torture or whatever they'd say. Actually, don't was he in the tiki torch march? I can't remember. I don't think he I was in the so, march no. proper. So I don't want to make a false accusation. But you get what I'm saying, generally speaking. Um, if if that is one of the reasons to say that Trump is bad, how do you possibly say that Richard Spencer's not worse? I, I don't yeah. understand. It's, but what am I trying to do? I'm trying to break down the. It's like we said, yeah. hating Trump is a principle. Are you saying the women of the view aren't governed by logic? <laughs> that this are you is shocking. Really, this are you really going to make me news. defend their voting rights? Is that where we're going? I mean, come on. <laughs> Who can watch the view and be like, yeah, women should definitely be able to vote. Whatever the cause, it is just elementary school thinking. It is pure tribalism. It is yeah. just saying that person has cooties. Whatever they do is bad, even if they do something that if they do something that's aligned with my values, I can't say it's good. If they do something that is against my values, but someone else doesn't like it's not a value driven judgment. It's just a person driven judgment. And that's uh, whatever's going on here. That's certainly no way to uh, run your political system. No doubt. Okay, so all of that is the backstory to this plane going down. This plane that went down due to mechanical failure, as we were told. But on Wednesday, Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 crashes shortly after takeoff from Tehran's airport. It killed all 176 people on board. Most passengers were uh, Iranian and Iranian-Canadian. The crew was Ukrainian. And the initial report... Uh, from Iran's civil aviation organization said the plane had an unspecified technical program glitch that caused the crash, whatever that means. So I guess we're talking about uh, like some kind of software problem that just caused the plane to go down immediately after takeoff. That was the initial claim. Meanwhile, evidence continues to surface online. Well, Iran says it was just like a, just some kind of weird program glitch. You had uh pictures circulating of what appears to be missile debris in and around the debris from the plane wreckage itself. That's very odd. And then later in the week, you had footage emerge, uh, several different angles of footage emerge 
reporting to show the the downing of the plane and it looks a lot like a missile came in and hit the plane here's some of that footage so you got a big explosion in the sky and then another angle shows something similar and the plane just going down into the ground with a huge uh, explosion And then this is what some of the uh, actual crash sites. See my bad hole was a bush. Holy smokes. Did that say and shortly before the accident? I don't know. Is that what the caption said? That when can't we, be right, but okay. Uh, maybe it was just mistyped. That's from the Telegraph out of the UK. Who knows? Um, I mean, this must have been accidental to some degree because it was mostly Iranians that were killed. Well, there's... There's more, in addition to the, because Iran just went on this weird denial tour where they had to be armed with, into saying what happened, at least in terms of the sequence of events, the motive still remains unclear. But in addition to that photographic and video evidence, U.S. officials also say American satellites designed to track missile launches detected the firing of the Iranian short-range interceptor. The U.S. also claims to have intercepted Iranian communications confirming their missile system brought down the plane Despite all of this evidence, the head of Iran's civil aviation organization held a televised news conference on Friday, and he said he is certain that no missiles hit the aircraft. An Iranian government spokesman said the U.S. is making the events even more painful for the families by falsely accusing Iran. And then the next day, they walked that back. On Saturday, Iran's military admitted they shot down the plane by mistake claiming the plane made a sharp turn near a sensitive military base. That claim, uh, too, was walked back later, and Iran acknowledged the plane was flying normally. Uh, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani said on Twitter that the country's military had regrettably found that missiles fired due to human error caused the plane crash. The Iranian Revolutionary Guard commander says he accepts full responsibility for the crash. I'm inclined to believe that. I haven't seen, as, as we were mentioning at the top of the show, like uh, the, motive rem the motive or the lack of motive kind of remains unclear. Like, was it simple mistake? If there was a motive to kill their own people, it's hard to see how that benefited Iran in any way, especially yeah. considering their own people are out in the streets of Tehran by the thousands this weekend, protesting and having to be contained by riot police. Uh, reportedly, they are protesting the, the government's cover-up of this downed plane and calling for Ayatollah Khomeini to resign. The, apparently, the chats, the reported chants include death to liars, death to the dictator, uh, and other death to whatever chants, according to the New York Times. It's just death to everything in Iran. Today, mm -hmm. it's death to Iran itself, at least in terms of the government. Here's some footage of what the protests looked like. Man. Yeah. A lot of uh, outrage, and understandably so. Iran shot down a plane full of mostly, or uh, at least a lot of, its own citizens. But how would that even be an accident? If I, if I had to guess, I mean, I guess I would say that... <laughs> I don't know, because... it. 
the interpretation of the mistake would be like, oh, they're on edge due to the ongoing conflicts and therefore someone reacted without uh, proper judgment and this is what happened. But it's such an egregious error. That's what gives me pause on the pure mistake well, it also uh, takes a lot of accuracy. Uh, and so I don't mm. think the mistake was that they're like meant to fire the missile and not hit the plane. I mean, they must have thought that it was a different yeah. object. Maybe somebody like could clue us into as to the operation of these missiles. I'm unclear, like to your point, what's the guidance system? Is it as simple as pressing a button and then, whoops, I pressed the button and now it's, or is it like I press the button and then there's a system to guide the missile and it's sort of an ongoing thing? I, I don't know. I don't know how these operate. Right. I'm seeing a lot of Israeli false flag. Now, that occurred to me, too. However, why would Iran ever take credit for that? They would just continue to be like, no, Iran, Iran has admitted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how that would be the case. Why Iran would yeah. say, yeah, we did it. Sorry, guys. That yeah. That would be. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned, only one thing is for sure, and that is that it was Trump's fault. Even the Iranians didn't blame Trump, as far as I've seen. They basically come out and said, oh, yeah, we made a mistake, our bad. Democrats and media are wasting no time blaming Trump, though. Uh, a California Congresswoman Jackie Speer said with Wolf Blitzer that despite uh, you know not having been briefed on what happened yet, this downed plane is uh, probably Trump's fault. It certainly sounds like it was a mistake by the Iranians. Do you think they assumed this was some sort of U.S. military plane? Well, I have been briefed on it, Wolf, in the Intelligence Committee, so I'm not really at liberty to say. But uh, if what is being projected is true, uh, this is yet another example of collateral damage from the actions that have been taken in a provocative way by the President of the United States. Okay. Then you have a few, uh, you have uh, Heidi Prisbilla, NBC News correspondent saying uh, on Twitter, all is well, already coming back to haunt this a reference to Trump's all is well tweet after the Iranian missile strike on the U.S. bases. And then Pete Buttigieg got in a bunch of trouble or at least got ratioed this week on Twitter, tweeting the following uh, innocent civilians are now dead because they were caught in the middle of an unnecessary and unwanted military tit for tat. My thoughts are with the families and loved ones of all 176 souls aboard this flight. Okay. Uh, And then um, lastly, Tulsi Gabbard was on Fox News and she was asked about this Pete Buttigieg tweet. And she said something similar. She doesn't accuse Trump directly, but sort of this. uh, The U.S. has shared responsibilities for the escalation and some sort of uh, shared responsibility, therefore, for the downed plane. What do you make of the comment that he said there? I think this is a very, very unfortunate incident that's affected so many people and so many families. But this is one of these consequences of this escalation and this state of war that we are in. Having a foresight and being able to look at what the consequences are of going to war with Iran, I think, is a serious thing and a responsibility of the present commander in chief that he and his administration do, do, do have I not read looked that, at. Are you agreeing with Buttigieg on a comment based on that answer there? Uh, my point is that this is a very unfortunate consequence of this escalation of war. Okay, these uh, these claims have gone so far that even the Washington Post op-ed pages are pushing back a little bit. 
headline in the Washington Post. It's easy to blame Trump, but the Iran plane disaster isn't his fault. I can't believe it. Uh, says the piece, quote, but even considering Trump's dubious foreign policy record and the Soleimani assassination, laying even partial blame on the U.S. president for a crime or accident that Iran apparently committed doesn't meet the minimum requirements of fairness or logic, says this particular Washington Post mm. author. Uh as far as my own my own opinion, unless you want to go first, if you have strong opinions about this, I agree with like half of what Tulsi said. Uh, but my, my immediate, you know, that um, there are unintended consequences of continuous escalation, and but but do I think that this is one of them? Probably okay. not. When I heard about this, my reaction was not was not like this is they were they were trying to do this to us. That, I guess, is the prevailing wisdom that Iran thought this was some kind of U.S. US aircraft as U.S. military aircraft. I don't and, even think that they're that dumb. That would just be such an egregious error. And then killing a bunch of your own people. Like, whoops. I just. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't well, seem logical. I mean, to your point, I certainly understand. And to, to, with Tulsi and, and even Pete and the rest of them, I understand skepticism and criticism and caution about the Soleimani strike like we discussed last week. But blaming the U.S. for Iran shooting down a civilian plane over their own airspace, indeed it took off from their own airport, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And especially Buttigieg's claim that, the, that civilians were, quote, caught in the middle. The U.S. had no involvement in this. There's, nobody, there, cross, there's no crossfire. It's not like right. we're shooting at each other and they got hit by, by accident. There's one party firing at them. On purpose, insofar as that was the target, mm -hmm. they misidentified the target, perhaps, but firing on them at them on purpose at the time. And you know, I, I get that that Iranians are are under tension in the Middle East, and I do understand that we are also a party to that to some degree. But so is every other country in the region, and they aren't shooting down civilian airliners because of it. Not not the U.S., not any of the other countries there. So, <laughs> To the people like Tulsi Gabbard's position, you want to go with this shared responsibility narrative. Just flip the roles. Like, let's say that the United States shot down a civilian airplane uh, over our country or in the Middle East in response to Iran's missile attack. Would you blame Iran for that? And if not, if you wouldn't, then it's just that you have a unique dislike for the United States or a unique uh, inclination to blame the United States that's what's driving that sort of accusation, not any kind of principle. Mm -hmm. I understand principles against um, foreign involvement, against escalation. I suspect this one is driven more by dislike for the United States over other countries. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Which normally, to be fair to Tulsi, normally I don't consider her in that boat. You know, I do believe that like Tulsi is, is a patriot and, and loves this country. I can't say that for all Democrats. A lot of Democrats, I do believe, really hate this country. She has the appropriate response to Middle Eastern involvement, which is what makes her so appealing to Democrats and Republicans. I think generally also I agree with... off white like a tan. There were a lot of jokes on Twitter about how smelly that white suit must be by now because she never takes it off, I guess. She, wears, she has a lot of different white suits. Hey, it's a great color. I can't, I can't argue with that. And I, I do agree with a lot of things that she says. In this case, though... Uh, I, I just need, I, I would like her to explain at what point is Iran responsible? Like, what do they have to do for, for us to say that? Yeah, you know, that, that one's kind of on Iran. 
that, that was pretty much I'm their glad fault. we didn't further escalate though that that was really reassuring to me even Ben Shapiro was like back off guys I was surprised to see that I know you sent me that yeah. tweet but I'm like yeah. you you want to back off yeah you. he said like Trump would be wise to scale down here and that is what happened and uh yeah I'm surprised not to see like not good enough go after them more you know uh that yeah me happen. too um I wonder why why he thinks that I don't know tune into his show maybe you'll learn <laughs> uh, no don't don't recommend ben shapiro on the show why, why would you do that because i am in an abusive relationship with ben shapiro that's why it just keeps beating you sorry i keep looking around at first i thought i heard somebody walking through my house but then i realized we got a lot of snow i don't know about you no so, almost none are you it's serious i am off. like snowed into my house mm. for two days now and um I was just listening to snow break the tree outside of my window. I think wow. the entire branch just fell. And that's what I was it's got a, it must be heavy, like ice storm or something like that. No, it's just snowing and then raining and then snowing. And then there's like hmm. layers and it's all freezing. So that's, yeah. that's what was going on. Everybody's like, get your gun. I'm like, I don't think that I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got impeachment talk coming up next, but I know you would like to defer. You'd like to delay that exhilarating impeachment talk until we take a break. I assume. I don't know. I mean, I know I should be interested in this, but it's just a, a democratic charade and um, I just don't care because it's totally ineffectual. So it's like, why do we have to continue talking about this every week? But I guess we do because something we're happens. getting some more clarity about how this will play out. And I'm as I as I mentioned, I'm mo I'm most fascinated to see what Democrats do now that they have spent their strongest ammo, which is impeachment. They like, what totally are you doing shot now? Their wad. What are they going to do now? I mean, they can uh, it, impeach him again. The writing on the wall is for impeachment to and or like uh, added charges like, OK, yeah. we're going to beef up the send the impeachment articles to the Senate. The Senate rejects them and go, OK, but here's a third one. Now consider that one. Oh, OK, here's a fourth yeah. one. They're, yeah. they're going to stretch this out. You know how we talked a few weeks ago about how I, I think I said offhand that like I, I'm under the impression that peep, the general public thinks that impeachment means that he's now out of office. Yeah, I watched some Infowars segment. Uh, the gun-toting chick with the great hair, like the big hair, Caitlin. Uh, the blonde girl. Yeah, she's real hot. Yeah. I, I can't remember her name, but she was going around New York or something, something like that, asking people like, "So, how do you feel now that that Trump's out of office and Mike Pence is going to be president?" <laughs> really? Yeah, and like a lot of people were like, "I'm pretty happy about it," but uh, you know, uh, it's all kind of the same thing. And I was just like. Do people really think this? I don't know how representative of the general public that or is. Or how representative of their sample. I wonder Caitlin like did Bennett, they, thank you. Did they talk to a hundred and like how many how many said how many agreed to the premise? Yeah. I wonder. But yeah. the fact that any do is yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, there's still a similar theme. There's still a video I, I want to watch. Uh, our friend Flacus went around asking people to recite the Pledge of Allegiance with apparently some dismal results that's also oh, disappointing i gotta see that too uh but yeah let's take a break before we talk impeachment um okay. i do have a couple over on uh, Streamlabs real quick cameron says iran released the name of the man who accidentally shot down the ukraine airline samir al hajid later has his twitter account banned because he couldn't keep getting away with it press f for our guy sam also fuck that anti-gun cuck on the call-in show yeah, that yeah. was a that was an interesting one. If you like, uh, well, if you like cringe, spontaneous encounters, the call-in show is for you. Maybe we'll get a, an update on that one. Thanks, Cameron. Dildo Swaggins, great name. Says, uh, <laughs> "Hey, blonde." This, I like this one. Hey, blonde, a good name for your baby girl, who uh, or would be uh, Aria Ann. 
That way you could call her Arian for short. Aria Ann becomes Arian for short. I'm sure Uncle Adolf would be proud. Aria has been ruined by Game of Thrones, and it sounds too much like Areola, so no. <laughs> All right. Are you done? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll come back to Streamlabs later for the Steel and Souls 15. But does Matt plan on watching the XFL on February 8th? New rules for speedier games. Uh, I don't know anything about it. So maybe, but um, I don't know that I have an appetite for more football. So I mean, I'll probably check it out, but I don't know if I'll watch it closely. That was a serious name idea, guys. I kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> what? Ari Ann? Aria Ann. Aria Ann, yeah. yeah. I'm on Mara this week. I like Mara. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Flanagan already made $5, $5 off your new dating service. Keep up the good work, Snow Ape. He made, how did you turn this into a money-making venture? I don't know. Good for you, though. All right. <laughs> um, our right-wing desk squad engineer, Matt and I once made love for only 147 yards. He said he wanted pounded like his vikings but one person can't take a beating like that what yeah it's uh the vikings had a disappointing performance in san francisco last night um i can't say that i expected them to win but i certainly expected better performance than was observed but as i said after the saints game listen if you if you kick the saints out of the playoffs if you make their fans cry that's good enough for me and uh, the rest of the the season is a free roll so yeah that game was boring and and awful but uh it's still a successful season when you ruin the Saints season. I like that. JV Dude, nine six one. I'm finally back, baby. First beauty in the beta of the new year for me. Looking forward to a great stream. It's been mediocre plus. <laughs> that's that's our show's standard, I would say. Thanks for I coming would. back. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nikolay Ristoff. I don't have a car and there's a snowstorm, so I can't go see 1917 in the cinema tonight. Please mm. insert some razzle dazzle into my cold blasted evening. I actually want to see that too. I do want to see that. It has Colin movie. Firth in it. Ah, uh, yeah, it looks it looks like a good movie. I'll go check it out. He'll always be Mr. Darcy to me. Margie says Boogaloo Bucks for baby. Hope you're feeling better, Blonde. Thank you, Margie. I've actually been feeling like garbage this week. I was sent Terrible. a link that uh, Boogaloo is now a hate term. What? Per the ADL. It's a hate term. Jigaboo Boogaloo. Yep. And Octoroon. All words I learned this year. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you didn't know Octoroon. That's right. Who knows that? It's such an old timey. The like, only do you know any people that are one eighth black. That's the most random. The thing only ever reason I know Octoroon is because it was the specific point at issue in Plessy v. Ferguson. That's the only reason. <laughs> I've never heard the term Octoroon outside of that context. I hadn't heard it until the Richard Spencer leak. Never heard it. That's right. That's yeah. He said it in his rage rant. He yeah. said Octoroon. People were like, he? this is so racist. I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have been able to figure it out. Though. Uh, the angry penguin, buy yourself some cores and keep up the good work. Love your show. We love you too. Oh, well, um, thanks. Laurel says, I will be in Virginia for the rally. I'll take video and report back. Also, I have a fiction series on my website on what happens after shit hits the fan called The Collapse. You'll love it. If what is going to happen? Uh, and, I, and as I will always recommend, if people are interested in one immigration topics because Laurel knows her immigration stuff. But I was watching Laurel's channel about militias recently and the law around militia formation, which of course is very relevant in Virginia. Uh, if you, if you want uh, you know, a lawyer's perspective on a lot of interesting topics, check out Laurel's channel. You can find it. Uh, of course, if you're in the chat right now, you can just click on her name. But uh, if you're interested later, uh, she is on my community page too. So check out my website's community page. You'll see Laurel's video there and there's some good insights. 
Um, Springheel Jack says, Spencer's like David Duke. His views aren't that outrageous, but he's trotted out by the controlled media as a boogeyman for why Whitey is bad. Um, yes, I said that a lot before that leaked tape, which I object to just based on what I say in my private life. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe not. I think maybe the left might have been right about Richard Spencer. Well, the one way I think that he is totally mischaracterized and this is not a def- I'm not I don't like I disagree with Richard Spencer's views, Susan. But I think that he is constantly misrepresented as like a bloodthirsty violent individual. Yes, there was the one weird tape that we're talking about, like recorded on un- that's the only that was time really bad. It, it was, was bad. Really bad. But other than that, like w- you be the judge of what his true feelings are. My point is every other appearance that he has, he's talking about nonviolent ways to achieve what he views as, you know, the ends that he wants to pursue. Right. And I think, I think that he's been is always misrepresented about, about his position too. Like he um, has always talked about how socialism works in white countries, yet he has been trotted out. Like he's some kind of a beacon for like capitalistic yeah. philosophy. It's like, what are you like? Just listen to what he's saying. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't agree with any of those ideas, but the point is I always hear him saying, here's how you achieve that. Uh, by through people voluntarily making it happen that's the point not not by me grabbing a gun and forcing everyone to do it i've never heard him say that shit of course i do agree with his burger preferences i don't even know what they are oh it's a it's just this sort of a meme there's like a clip of him going around from a few weeks ago where he's or a few months ago he's like talking about like how he likes a burger with some caramelized onions and some <laughs> mushrooms totally right on all right, um, fine. Exquisite burger taste. Exquisite burger taste. Uh, yeah. C2K, sending some love to you both after having a heart attack and spending five weeks in the wow. hospital. Here from my daughter, you're to be a mom blonde. Congrats, girl. By the way, the little has suggested her own name. Abigail is a great name. That's a beautiful name. I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope that you, you have a full recovery. Yeah, and, get well. Yeah, get well. I'm really sorry to hear that. And thank you for the donation. Um, Beauty in the, the Beta Clips. There is a Democratic debate this Tuesday. Uh, per usual, there will be a drinking game on the Beauty and the Bay That's Discord right. organized by Winter and OFC. Me also, Matt's debate about gun rights from the Colin show will be uploaded tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Debate. Uh, do I want that one? I mean, I guess I'm not going to. Let's put it this way. If you're listening to that later, I don't think it's a great. I don't think that I handled it awesome in terms of like here's an argument uh like here's an argument perspective yeah this is a guy who just came in and i know that just wanker yelling just like yelling like nonsense yeah. and is just just tossing like gotcha questions trying to catch me in a contradiction so he can say oh see i won and flex and leave oh, like, this was not an honest person actually looking to explore ideas so boogeyman 917 shake it shake it baby nice intro matt <laughs> oh well thanks uh, let's that's uh, that's Michael Jackson, not me. But uh, yeah, put that in context. Who's totally not a pedo. Although, I don't know. Well, isn't it Razor Fist who has the go-to case for Michael Jackson's innocence? I mean, on the one hand, probably. On the other hand, I'm pretty sure he was chemically castrated. And Really? I, I've never heard I that. I wish those people would have come out in his life. When somebody comes out posthumously, it's like, oh, I don't have a great feeling about this. Well, some of them did, some of them didn't, right? Who's 
one of them did and then retracted it was only one because there was the whole court case and stuff uh yeah it got thrown out though because i think he retracted i mean i wish they would just the two that were featured in the hbo documentary would have oh yeah i haven't i haven't even seen that i probably um, should i don't know Whatever. i always got an asexual vibe from him too uh black magic i just want to shill for laurel's new series shit hits the fan it's high mm. quality and realistic definitely worth your time check out laurel's channel after the show thank you black magic um aurora right this is the last one for right now when i was in high school they tried to tell us the u.s was uh it was a paper tiger but hmm. now i know that iran is the true paper tiger they have no business with any nuclear technology still love the name aurora for your baby girl hmm. i thank you Aurora. we appreciate it all right let's talk about impeachment for 45 well, i got minutes. a couple over on um over on DLive, just to mention real quick. I assume this might be an accurate username. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but the username is the ugly Jew. <laughs> Make that, take that for what you want. Uh, he says, orange man bad. That uh, is undoubtedly true, depending on uh, which segment of society you ask, at least. And uh, that we're good for now. Quebec, uh, thanks to Quebec, Darth Jones, and, uh, and this ugly person for being a top supporter so far tonight on uh, DLive. Thanks, guys. And I'm going to distribute the treasure chest right now, too. So if you're hanging out on DLive, sit tight, and that will be distributed in about 30 seconds. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, it is, uh, well, we're nearing Senate trial time in the impeachment saga. And that's, uh, well, if you're, if you're into the strategy of how this will play out, I guess that's kind of exciting. But we, of course, saw that Nancy Pelosi has been doing this weird charade where she hasn't, we're three weeks out, almost a month out from them actually passing the two articles of impeachment. And Nancy Pelosi has just sat on them. She has not actually delivered them to the Senate. Instead, we've had this weird delay where they're trying to leverage certain pieces of testimony and certain documents to be introduced into the Senate trial, specifically John Bolton, former national security advisor, John Bolton, who has now said that he will comply with a subpoena if subpoenaed. He will testify before the Senate if they ask him to testify. He's not said the same about the House. I don't know if he means specific to the Senate or if he'll just comply with any sort of congressional subpoena. Anyway, it, it, as, I, as I mentioned or discussed in my last video, it's, it's hilarious that Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats spent like a month telling us how this is a national emergency and it's so urgent and we have to hurry and then, and then they pass they, them and they just kind of sit on them and they just bullshit around thinking about how this could be strategically advantageous. And Nancy Pelosi had been skirting reporter questions about when she's going to deliver these articles to the Senate. On Friday, she reversed, not, she, she added some specifics here. Or she made this concrete as opposed to her kind of wishy-washy, will she or won't, he, won't she uh, approach of the last few weeks. And she's going to deliver the articles to the Senate um, which uh, and the Senate uh, the Senate trial could begin as soon as Wednesday, reportedly. But um, in this letter that she put out to members of the House on Friday, Pelosi has instructed members to be ready to appoint imp uh, appoint impeachment managers next week and formally deliver these charges to the Senate. Now, the timing here is hilarious, not just because it contradicts everything that she said prior about emergencies and urgency and all that but also because it comes after a week of other Democrats criticizing her stupid approach and her whipping them into line. So specifically, you had Adam Smith of Washington coming out on CNN and saying, listen, the process 
now belongs to Mitch McConnell. I don't know what Nancy Pelosi is doing, but this is strategically kind of dumb. We should send over the impeachment articles to the Senate, and it's Mitch McConnell's responsibility. Whatever happens, happens. Here's what he had to say. Is it time, Chairman? I think it is. I mean, I understand what the Speaker is trying to do, um, basically trying to use the leverage of that to work with Democratic and Republican senators to try to get a reasonable trial, a trial that would actually you know, show evidence, bring out witnesses. But at the end of the day, just like we, we control it in the House, Mitch McConnell controls it in the Senate. So I think it is time to send um, the impeachment to the Senate and let Mitch McConnell be responsible uh, for the fairness of the trial. He ultimately is. I always wonder what Nancy Pelosi does behind the scenes to get her people in line. Cause say whatever you want about her. Yeah. Bitch gets her people in line. She does. Well, she's scary. Almost always. Yeah. She has some behind the scenes whip cracking that she does this. So Adam Smith goes on CNN that morning within a couple hours. He's already on Twitter saying, quote, I misspoke this morning. I do believe we should do everything we can to force the Senate to have a fair trial. If the speaker believes that holding on to the articles for a longer time will help force a fair trial in the Senate, then I wholeheartedly support that decision. I mean, he just bends the knee immediately to Nancy Pelosi. Whatever uh, he is. Um, she's been around forever. I mean, she, I'm sure she has dirt on every single person, too. And he's also the uh, chairman of the House Armed Services Committee as well. I wonder for certain chairs, especially like does Pelosi have the authority to. Or would she need the the whole house? I just wonder what sort of threats she can make. Could she like strip this guy of his chairmanship, for example, or something like that? I don't know. But she's very effective at getting people to totally reverse course immediately. And I don't know if she did this to Dianne Feinstein, but if she did, that's very impressive, seeing as how Dianne Feinstein is in the Senate and has been there. I don't know. Nancy Pelosi has been in the House for a million years from San Francisco. Dianne Feinstein has been in in the Senate for a million and one. Dianne Feinstein might be the one older person. And she's uh, so she actually first took a dig at Pelosi on Wednesday, telling reporters, quote, if we're going to do it, she should send them over this, according to Bloomberg. I don't see what good delay does. And just like Adam Smith confronted by the San Francisco Chronicle later, she says, oh, sorry, I don't know what happened there. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, the, my mistake, my mistake. And then she releases a statement that says, given the importance of this additional evidence, it's understandable that Speaker Pelosi has delayed transmitting articles of impeachment until the contours of a Senate trial are, are known. I do not believe that Speaker Pelosi is motivated by politics, but by a sincere desire to ensure a fair process that allows the Senate to consider available evidence, yeah. a goal that all of us should share. Oh yes, Nancy Pelosi, known for principle and not politics, the same principle uh, of urgency that she's stood by this whole time, the same principle that rule of law and the Constitution will win the day, despite the fact that the charges are made up. They have no statutory basis whatsoever. They're not crimes. Mm -hmm. Yes, principle Nancy Pelosi. Anyway, uh, in all likelihood, none of this matters in terms of how this is going to play out in the Senate. So uh, McConnell, it was it was published this week. McConnell actually has the votes in the Senate among his Republican caucus to uh, to go ahead without any Democratic support. He doesn't have to care what Pelosi says, doesn't have to care what Schumer says. They're trying to get, you know, certain testimony, certain documents. It sounds based on past comments. It sounds like McConnell's more interested in just having a, a simple vote to acquit and moving on a very short Uh, impeachment trial that doesn't actually reveal any new information. However, 
the current proposal that he's operating with leaves the question of seeking witnesses and documents until opening arguments are made. So, uh, of course, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are, are demanding commitment to certain witnesses and new evidence at the outset. But he's he, thus far, he's not saying no witnesses or no new evidence. It's just that the um, th- that he's not committing to it yet. We still don't know how exactly McConnell is going to navigate this Senate trial. Uh, and we will, of course, get a schedule soon once Pelosi delivers the articles. The main lingering question is whether John Bolton will, in fact, testify, whether we'll see that at the Senate trial or <laughs> this is this is where we get to how this might be drawn out even more, which is kind of what I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. Because what are the Democrats going to do? Are they going to let this die and go, well, we tried everything we had. We tried, we used our nuclear bomb and it didn't work. Maybe we should get to work actually writing bills that this country wants or that benefit this country. No, no, no. They'll find other ways to try to remove this president. And Nancy Pelosi was asked about this by George Stephanopoulos on ABC this morning. And George asked her, well, okay, let's say the Senate doesn't subpoena John Bolton for testimony. Would the House then subpoena John Bolton for testimony, despite the fact that you've already passed the articles? Right. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't say yes, but she doesn't rule it out. Here's what she had to say. If the Senate does not subpoena uh, John Bolton and other witnesses, will the House move to subpoena Well, it's not excluded. It's not excluded, but we'll see what, we'll see what they do. But we do think... Uh, there's enough evidence uh, to remove the president from office. But we've done our job. We have defended the Constitution of the United oh, States. Yeah. We would hope that the Senate would do that as well. Okay. So the possible strategic angles here, if this happened, if the Senate just votes to acquit and John Bolton has said he will testify, presumably in the House too, absent a legal battle in the courts, uh, what could happen are a few things. One, they could have, they could use John Bolton's testimony to create some additional impeachment charge and just throw another one at the Senate. Or if this happens, let's say they do this before the Senate actually votes to acquit, they could use whatever damning bombshell John Bolton has to offer, which of course that's how it'll be presented to leverage the Senate, to have him in a trial too, and prolong this whole thing, really drag it out. Now, of course, if they if they use these mechanisms to drag this thing out and have a longer Senate trial or a second Senate trial, that does have implications for the Democrats who are in the Senate running for president. So Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, that's it, right? There are no other sitting senators who are at least front running candidates. But that would be another consideration for the Democrats, because you got to have those people in D.C. and not out in Iowa or New Hampshire or wherever else. But uh, it, it does seem like there are some hints that if this thing is going to get prolonged, it's going to be this John Bolton angle. Isn't it great how Democrats just love John Bolton all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, really? so pr- love us some John Bolton. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, remind me how you're voting to reduce presidential war powers and all that. But John Bolton's got all the intelligence. We love him. He's so trustworthy. We believe everything he says. Oh, this is uh, this is admittedly exhausting, but there's a part of me that still enjoys the drama. I don't know why. why but... Aren't you bored of it? But it's just so silly. I, I just I, it's kind of like um, I, I tell you why I enjoy this. It's the same thing where you wonder, like, because uh, 
the left always calls everybody racist to the point it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. And you wonder, well, what are they going to go with next? What's the next accusation after Nazi or racist? Yeah. This is sort of similar in in a uh, like a formal political environment. It's like, are you are you going to use impeachment to the point that impeachment means nothing? Of course, it, it's, it's, it's just a, a card they have left. I mean, I don't know what they're going to yeah. do after this though. They're gonna they're gonna extend it or they're gonna try to do impeachment too or something. The writing's on the wall that they're not just going to lay down and move on, and it's unbelievable. They make all these grandiose pro uh, promises that they're going to fix everything under the sun, whether it's your health care, your wages, your insurance, your retirement, whatever. Democrats are going to fix it, and then they get in office, and they don't do a damn thing. And then there's all they try to do is undo the results of an election, and yeah. there's half the country that buys into it. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we're going to send them there, and they're going to fix everything right after they remove that orange man. And they can't even remove the orange man. Don't, elim don't uh, eliminate the possibility that we're not uh, in store for just another year of this, but we're in store for another five. Yeah. I mean, Trump gets reelected. They're not laying down. Yeah. We'll see if they retain their congressional majority or at least their House majority. You ready for that time of the week? Yep, I sure am. Okay, well, we'll get to the uh, less weird one first. And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Dateline Athabasca, uh, Alberta in Canada. I guess this is Trudeau's Canada, not Trump's America, but the backwards swastikas are in fact there. The owner of Athabasca uh, Go Cab, this is north of Edmonton, claims a company vehicle was vandalized with swastikas on Tuesday morning. Uh, as you can see, backwards swastikas, in fact. And then the one on the trunk, you see the one on the trunk? Totally wrong. What is, what is that? Uh, whatever. The owner uh, says the vandalism happened outside one of his driver's homes between 11 p.m. and 1.30 a.m. Monday night, Tuesday morning. The owner immediately posted to Facebook. Oh, there it saying, is. Yeah. saying there's a reward offered to whoever gives him a lead on the asshole uh, who did this. In a subsequent post the next day, the owner now says that uh, the car has been all cleaned up thanks to another local business. And then he says in the post, I wasn't trying to commit insurance fraud and didn't want any attention from this. Well, then why did you post, make this big grandiose Facebook post right. about it? But what were you uh, trying there, to do then? Yeah. there is also a history of alleged but unsolved crimes for this particular business. The owner says last month somebody loosened the lug nuts on one of his cabs, and he also claims someone stole the ATM at his business. Not stole from the ATM, but stole the ATM. So I guess Was took the, the whole unit. Was the driver even Jewish? To my knowledge, no. I know the owner of the business is Lebanese, according to his Facebook. So but a swastika is the natural go-to for a racial slur against a Lebanese person? I guess so. I didn't see any mention of uh of of any kind of Jewish uh any kind of Jewish angle here other than the swastika implying it. So uh we'll see. I will say in the owner's defense, I searched as much as I could. I did not see a GoFundMe. I don't see a fundraising attempt here. But uh maybe it's out there. We'll nah, see. I just want the attention. This is uh, the story that I that I want to get to because I've read through these stories a couple times and I still don't even understand the timeline. If you're 
watching the show as opposed to listening to it. Yes, that is a broken swastika drawn on the scalp of an elderly man. So this is in Toronto. Shane Morrow, the nephew of this elderly man in Toronto, says someone drew a swastika on his uncle's scalp. And uh, of course, not even a correct swastika, a totally broken one. This is reportedly at the Glendale Care Center in Toronto, where the 65-year-old man lives. The man has Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and diabetes. There, Poor guy. I guess is a, there's a, it's reported that there's a smiley face, too. I can't really zoom in on this. But if you look at the, kind of the bottom right portion of the swastika, there's like a thinner smiley face in that bottom right quadrant. So it's a swastika and a smiley face. Now, the story gets really weird. I've got two versions of it here in the same Toronto.com publication from the same author. But they're two days apart, one January 10th, one January 8th. And I'll read you what they say and then kind of recap the timeline because it's very confusing. So the family says they show up to visit their uncle at this home and they notice this swastika on his head. They question staff and the staff said that this was one of two swastikas, in fact, that were drawn on the man's body by a, quote, younger man. The staff member says she tried to scrape off the swastika with her finger, fingernail, but it was not effective. She was not successful. The staff member said a swastika, another swastika was on his back that had been washed off, but the one on his head remained. So for whatever reason, they washed off one swastika, the one on his head, they didn't. So another old crazy person did it, just somebody younger than that. The staff says by a younger man. Yeah. But what does that mean? He could be 64. Yeah. I mean, almost everyone's younger. Yeah. But okay. The, this is this is where it gets weird. So the staff says uh, Shane says Shane is the nephew, the guy who goes to visit his uncle. Shane says he was told by the staff member that the perpetrator of the incident had been arrested and the situation is under control. Toronto police media relations, however, at the time said there was no report fire filed for the address in question. So staff member says, yeah, uh, someone drew a swastika on him. Cops arrested the person. It's no big deal. Well, who was it? I can't tell you call the cops. Hey, was there an arrest at this, at this address or a, a report filed for this address? No, there was not. Okay. That's very weird. Um, but as of Friday, the story has changed. So this is the second report headline man arrested after swastika drawn on the head of Toronto senior. Now police say they were first called to the care facility at, uh, on, on January 6th, following reports that a man drew on another man's head, and body with a marker in addition to other allegedly dangerous acts. I don't know what those might be. But according to a statement released by the police, officers investigated and noted that the markings were a few words and scribbles. Mm. No discernible images were found. So they're saying the police went there and this guy supposedly had a swastika drawn on his head. But the cops just say, oh, yeah, it was just some Sharpie markings on him. But they, they didn't note swastika. They're just like, you know, some scribbles and some other bullshit. And they didn't. <laughs> that seems weird. Like, if you saw a swastika, you'd probably note swastika. But maybe the swastika was that poorly drawn. I don't know. You be the judge. Okay. According to police, the swastika um, marking was not visible to it. This is what, where it's weird too. According to police, the swastika marking was not visible to officers at the time of the original call. The one on his head? 
that's the, like, was he wearing a hat and they didn't look under it? Or how could that not be visible? So what did they see? Did they see only the scribbles on the back? Uh, that's, that's weird too. And then police cannot confirm whether the man arrested is a resident of, at the care facility or a care provider or a family member or otherwise. They won't say who it is. Uh, additionally, Shane, the nephew, says he's happy to hear action is being taken, but he says he's tried to reach out to police, but they're not telling him any information either, perhaps because he does not hold power of attorney for his uncle. Shane has launched a GoFundMe to raise money to get his uncle to a new facility. Uh, he currently, as of this recording, has $18 raised in his first two days. So not I don't a great, even know what to make of this. Not a great result. But if you're following along at home and you need a refresher, here's the timeline once more. Police are first called on January 6th. They take note of markings, but no swastika. Right. January 8th. Toronto.com publishes a story with this swastika picture. This is all claimed by the nephew. Police at the time on January 8th say they have no record of a police call. Then January 10th, police say they did in fact have a visit prior and have now made an arrest, but they won't say who they've arrested. Neither will the facility. And they also said they never saw a swastika. So the crime, as far as the police are concerned is marker drawing on a guy, but just scribbles. Okay, these aren't coherent pieces to the story. So the questions that we have to consider are who's lying. So is it the facility? Because the initial claim of arrest is not consistent with the police timeline. And, um, and if that did happen, why wasn't the family notified? If we believe the nephew, they just discovered this on the guy's head. The facility's claim is, Somebody came here and was arrested for this incident, but we never told the family that this happened. Right. Okay. If that's true, that's still very bad. This was, I almost said this is another inmate, but this was another, uh, somebody else that was just crazy, had dementia. I mean, could right? be, could I'll, that I'll, I'll explain maybe my, my theory momentarily. Um, the police are the police lying. The police claims have changed over time. First it was, we never visited. Now it's, Oh yeah, we visited, um, and then how could it be that the swastika just wasn't noticed upon right. their visit? That's very weird. And then is the family lying? It does seem odd that there was just a swastika on a guy's head and neither the, the facility or the police cared at all to note that or to notify them. Plus there is of course the GoFundMe. I, I don't have evidence to make an accusation, but you know, we, we do consider GoFundMe's to be a little, suspicious sometimes on the yeah. show i mean for what to get him into a new facility the guy says mm -hmm. that's what the gofundme is for i don't know um how the financial arrangement exists in canada like who pays for him and his residency there how all that works i have no idea um but to your point on what may have happened here uh, this is pure speculation of course but i was we were talking before the show and i was guessing like maybe there was like, like this is obviously a place filled with people in similar condition to this uncle here, people who have Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or have yeah, certain conditions that, that, um, you know, that, that are difficult. Is it possible that someone else there with a similar condition, like marked him had a marker and just marked him in a weird way. And then <laughs> again, speculation, is it possible it kind of looked like a weird swastika and then family people come in and they're like, 
I mean, I'd so like to know what the one this on the up back a little bit looks more. like. Yeah, and we don't have images. Is, is it possible that someone touched it up for convenient purposes to try to leverage this situation? I don't know. I, I don't want to go too far in making accusations. Also, uh, note on the GoFundMe, uh, the current goal is, uh, let's get this back up here. The current goal, $40,000. Why? Well, I guess it, it is expensive. I mean, long-term care is expensive, but $40,000 for a Sharpie incident? Presumably uh, they had money because he was in a facility to begin with. Well, I don't know. Like in Canada, of course, they, they have government paid health care generally, but does that cover like long-term care? I have no idea. And I, I assume people I can this. choose private care if they want, if they don't find government provided care to be satisfactory. I don't know. Canadians yeah. can tell me how this works. I don't know. I'm conflicted. This doesn't seem like your standard hoax hate incident. It's a weird one. Is there any um, consensus in the chat? Do, do people have uh, any theories about how this may have, what, do you what think, we might guys? be looking at here? I don't know. We can consider them while we put a wrap on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the family probably actually thinks this happened. Hmm. It would be the if the family is totally innocent here and had no involvement in it whatsoever. It seems extremely weird to me that the facility never notified anybody and the police basically engaged in a cover up too. People are saying that they don't deal. They don't do long term care. They don't provide for long term. Okay, care. so that's all privately handled. That's not. Well, it's, then it's that just makes hospital me think that maybe the family is trying to hustle people because they already had funds to do this, presumably. It's a weird one. Uh, if, if you have a theory, or of course, if, if you guys see an update to this story, send it my way, because yeah. this is one of the most odd cases of potential hoax hate I've ever seen. When I saw the image of a, a swastika drawn on a man's scalp in Sharpie, yeah. I knew I needed some clarification. Anyway, look at that. We're done in like a record time tonight. Oh my God, how has that happened? How did that it. happen? My brain. <laughs> how Let's catch happen? up with Super Chat and Streamlabs. All right. Uh, I can't, Kevin. I can't. Ugh. Downskated. Uh, we need to rename the squad Gal Qaeda. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, they're an example of cacosocracy. I don't know. What's that? What's that? Which is a government run by the least qualified or worst people. Uh, Oh, the squad or what? What are we talking about? (laughs) Kevin Flanagan. I can't read that one either. Uh, Never mind. In Um, in top tier form, I I suppose. Midnight S. I don't know if you heard about it, but during Trudeau press conference, the Iran plane downing, a journalist actually asked him how that made him feel. Ugh. I did not see that. And I saw that he was asked about potential U.S. responsibility. And he sort of... He answered the question by saying, like, well, we're going to investigate it to the full extent. He didn't dismiss the possibility of U.S. fault. And I thought to me, like, well, that's not a great answer, but it's not the same as, like, saying the U.S. has some fault or response. I didn't think Trudeau went as far as, say, uh, Jackie Spear or something like that or Pete Buttigieg. So I didn't want to be unfair to Justin Trudeau. But the one thing I'll say about Justin Trudeau, too, is he's sporting a goatee now or like a beard. He's not pulling it so, off. I looked it up after we talked. I think it's better than not, but I'm generally team beard regardless. I'm team beard, um, but he, he looks better without it. You think he so? He looks super faggy either way, but <laughs> the beard doesn't make him look less with gay. that With that beard, he looks just like his real dad. That's all <laughs> I can say. 
John Doe. Kamala didn't fall off that cliff. Tulsi Gabbard pushed her. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. Nobody. Guys, if you find a lost girl, be sure to escort her to the nearest kitchen. Valentine's Day is coming up. Cookware, silverware, vacuums, pretty dresses, chocolates, fuzzy handcuffs, and paddles all make great gifts. That's true. If and you if want you want cookware. Well, and if you found uh, if you found a lady who appreciates those kind of gifts, that's uh, that's a keeper. That's a good one. Uh, Nathan Fitzsimmons, Calgary, Alberta meetup Saturday, January 18th message, Nathan on the signup sheet. Thank awesome. you. I've always wanted to go to Calgary cause it's not that far from my neck of the woods. I've, I'm told it's a cool city. Oh really? So yeah, have fun. Uh, synergy for a center gaze sinners. I'm sorry. No, no. Thank you. Uh, Polaris 589. It's gotta be rough being black and a Jew. <laughs> I can't read this next thing, though. It's spicy. All right. Imagine having two magic words to freak out over. Sorry, wow. I changed that. You, they, there are, yeah, there are many to work with. A laid-back manner. Salmon's legal team settled, so doesn't that mean nothing will happen in regards to stopping the press from doing this again from a legal perspective? Or am I wrong? No, you're right about that, but if they have to continuously pay settlements, they'll go yeah. broke. Um, I think this is a good precedent because people can sue now for this and then they'll have to settle out of court. And then if everybody sues that has been called a racist on CNN uh, and they have to pay out $5 million or whatever every time. We'll make a racist jar, not a swear jar, but yeah. a racist jar for the, the country. Yeah. Uh, Midwest Madge, leave the Middle East and never look back. Travel ban on it all. I'm with you. Hmm. I bought PN. Can you please convert these shekels into more sanity safe space? Thanks. We're trying. We do our best, you know, with some interruptions, some hiccups, but you know. And then when the baby comes, all bets are off. Um, <laughs> Michael Anderson, radar guided missiles launched from mobile missile radar radar vehicles detected by U.S. missile warning satellites. I don't know what any of that means. So yeah, that was part of the U.S. intelligence. That's like, yeah, we we see that some Iranian missiles were fired here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so they're, they're, I don't know if that speaks to any of the guidance systems. I don't know if that's what he was referencing, but I am curious he, about that must be what he's talking about. I, I, yeah, if people have information, like I said, if you have information on the process, like from launch to striking the target of how all this works, I would be curious in like how much ongoing judgment there was on the part of the Iranians. Derek Finley says, did you all see Trudeau's press conference? He grew his vagina hair out pretty thick. <laughs> uh, son of the <laughs> wolf. Right. Hey, Matt, Green Bay just beat Seacocks. Go, Pat, go. Did they? Uh, they were leading when we started the stream. So that's the first news I got of it. They get to go to San Francisco. We'll see if they can avenge their... Uh, they got embarrassed even worse than the Vikings did in San Francisco. Let's put it that way. So um, I, of course, am Team 49ers this weekend. Then Double Chief says, baby name Lydia. I actually like the name Lydia. That's, that's a cool name. I like that one. Uh, it is one of the slutty sister in Pride and Prejudice. Uh, mm. Shauna Thornton, Aurora June would be a beautiful name for a blonde Asian baby <laughs> with blue or green eyes. Features Asians are super known for, I know. Uh, Scott Graham, I love a good Swiss, melted Swiss cheese and mush roasted mushrooms, caramelized onions on a burger. That is hot stuff. And the best part is when you can get that at a number of different places. That's a Nazi burger, apparently. It is, Texas yeah. Devil Dog. I wasn't disappointed at all with the Democratic Party and the media's response to the Iranian events. But in all hmm. honesty, that is probably due to the bigotry of low expectations. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, well, that's kind of true. I, I don't know if that's the angle you're getting at, but if, if you're unwilling and I'll, you know, to be fair to Tulsi and some of the other ones, they weren't saying Iran was totally without responsibility. They're saying shared responsibility. Yeah. But I guess if you can't assign full responsibility for your own actions in your own airspace with your own airplane, to me, that is that is a shade of the soft bigotry of low expectations. Like, wh why can't they be expected 
not to shoot down their own goddamn airplanes. Are they really that that pathetic? Are they really that bad? I don't know. Um, Shana Thornton, Blunt, can we evacuate the conservatives from my state, Washington, burn it to the ground, and then repopulate with strong borders on the north? I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. There's nothing we can do as long as the federal government isn't enforcing uh, borders. Not much we can do. Hmm. JL says, you could choose the name Eva, but say that it's from the anime Neon Genesis Evangel Evangelion? To throw people off from what it's really from. <laughs> Asuka, best girl, by the way. Or Johanna is a nice name. I like the name Johanna. Do you prefer football or anime? What's your pick? I like neither of those things. Uh, anime? Anime over football? I don't know. I've never watched anime once in my life. Way less gay, point taken. Uh, first son of man. Okay. Google Iran in the 1970s. Uh, they may be worth the war. I don't know. Pop mom says, I'm liking the term peach pitment. There's no meat. It's hard to swallow <laughs> and is a bitch to pass if you do pass it around. <laughs> I like that one. Grim turd. Why are crappy swastikas assumed to be Nazi? Maybe it's a crappy Buddhist manji. <laughs> yeah, also, retard question. is originally a PC term. The only good PC term is for the word slut. A previously enjoyed companion. <laughs> Jacob says, um, Good questions. All respect I have for Ben Shapiro went out the window when I found out on August 31st, 2016, he accused Ron Paul and Pat Buchanan of being alt-right and alt-right friendly. He is every bit the turd boy Kathy says he is. Um, he did do that, yeah. I think that is true. The only thing I would say on that is uh, I would want to know his opinion now. Like, would he stand by it now? Because yeah. the, the one thing to remember... And by the way, I'm a big Ron Paul fan. I'm not saying this because I want to throw Ron. I like Ron Paul a lot. But the one thing to remember, the the, the meaning of the term alt-right in changed. 2016, at least as people commonly understood it, was a little different than it, what it means now. Like, do you remember when um, when PJW self-identified as alt-right? Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, that was 2016. There were, there were a lot of people who who self-identified that way. And now it is twist. Now it has become much more specific in its like racial identitarian meaning. And, Sam's PXZ yeah. wanted to throw a name suggestion for your daughter your way. Starla, I plan to call my daughter that. Should I ever have one? That's pretty. Uh, Kevin Flanning, and I will read this one. What is all this dumb shit about naming a daughter LMAO? Who names their property? Just why? <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually probably agree with that one. No, I mean, I'm happy to, I'm happy I'm having a daughter because I can teach her all the stuff that I didn't know. Well, I'll be curious to watch uh, how you approach heavy, like how heavy handed you will be because if, like, if you go heavy handed, the kid will rebel and will the kid rebel yeah. all the way to being I mean, a lesbian feminist, whatever. I mean, if it's just a phase, I could get over that. Hmm. I could get over a lesbian feminist phase. Yeah. They always come back around um, because they're like, I don't want to be with a woman for the rest of my life. What a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nerdy Dove. It is well known Canadian lawn care facilities suck. There's rampant elder abuse. Uh, and, and also, we, did, also did, we didn't discuss the possibility that he did it to himself, did we? No, although doing that to the back of your own head, I mean, I don't know. It I, looks it's like... not, certainly not impossible, but uh, that, that seems weird and unlikely to me, but maybe. Oh, no. Margie just said my one daughter was harder to raise than all of seven boys combined. That's what I'm scared of. <laughs> well, the, the positive way to look at that is you'll, you'll get trial by fire right away, and the rest will be easy or easier. 
I don't know. I'm I'm filled with self-loathing, so I really don't want to see myself in her. But that's like I don't want She'll her probably to be... look exactly the same. She'll do her hair the exact same way. She, you know, all so that. Like loud mouth, and I'll be like, I'm so disappointed <laughs> in you. She, but she'll be like, but you, mom, and your all your stuff, and I won't know what to say because yeah, she's right. Um, Darlene Kate's. Haven't been able to watch live past few weeks, but always watch later. Here's a few more pennies for the collection bucket. Thank you. Well, thanks, Darlene. Much appreciate uh, Michael it. Anderson. It does. Trucks use radar to detect airborne targets. Operator sees a blip, an altitude, a range, and a vector. Who can authorize okay. launch? Only Iranians. No missiles follow radar. Bounced off. So, they, so the radar is the guidance system. That's how it works. Yeah. And they have to steer it, basically. They have to aim it using that, that technology. That seems to be what Michael Anderson is saying. And that's okay. the last one. Okay. We do have a few more over on Streamlabs, Streamlabs I think. Cool. And then uh, let's see what's going on on, on DLive. Uh, Chief Bulging Sink over on DLive says, Any strategy we can use to accelerate the coming revelation that AOC is an actual fucking communist. Is that still an awaited revelation? I thought that was yeah, we more know. or less clear, but maybe maybe she'll actually admit to it, I suppose. Chief Bulging Snake also says, theory, the Spurg Wright brigaded Nick Fuentes' YouTube channel and got him banned. Did his... Um, Nick Fuentes got banned? I'm, I, I don't know. I'm unaware of that. I know that he's, he's doing D-Live streams, but I w- I'm not aware of his YouTube channel... Uh, status. Oh, yikes. Although now I'm thinking in my head. I know we talked about the DLive hit piece last week. Uh, but I don't know. If you want to Google that, uh, it's it's escaping my mind right now. See if that's what's going on. Let's see. And I'll find my place over on uh, on Streamlabs. Uh, let's see. Phil says, oh, of course, the Democratic debate is mostly white. A large portion oh, of their base. Week. Sorry, what? One week. One week uh, suspension or something. Yeah. Does it say for what? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, I just hate speech. Hate speech. All right. Of course, see, Phil says, of course, the Democratic debate is mostly white. A large portion of their base fled countries run by people of color, and they just want to enjoy the fruits of the white labor. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's it, sometimes it's I don't think that's an insane take. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it says chief meth mouth needs to get together with juicy uh, being Jesse Smollett, I guess. Chief Me- oh, Chief Methmouth is um, is uh, Nathan Phillips. Oh yeah. Needs to get together with Juicy and flee to Canada and claim asylum as a hate- Haitian earthquake victim and demand to see see the pussy on feet. Trudeau, I, I don't, oh, what's yeah. pussy on feet? I don't know, because he's a giant pussy walking around. Oh, I I see. I was thinking it was like an Indian name. (laughs) Like a Nathan Phillips Indian name. They call him Pussy on Feet. Okay, (laughs) we'll go with that. Always, or or anyways, I know Sandman is only asking for money, but I would love a Bubba moment for Meth Mouth. I don't know the reference there. What's the Bubba moment? I don't know. Sorry, I can't give it a full understanding, Redicus, but thank you. Uh, the artist says through my dating bid to keep, uh, to help break up the sausage fest, uh, as of writing the list is now two. count them two women. You heard it there guys. Whoa. You, you have serious competition, but they're out there. My other perk, I'm mostly debt free with only a mortgage finger pistols. Well, she's made her pitch. Go find, uh, I don't know if she goes by the artist on, the list but as of now there are only two so process of elimination message them both you can probably find her and uh hey as far as debt goes mortgage not bad you know assuming that's that the, pretty you good know, it's not depreciating property 
Yeah. Phil says, uh, good old Paul Krugman, screw that guy. He's gone on record cheering for the dispossession of heritage Americans he deserves. All the flack he is getting and more. He's the kind of <laughs> person that <laughs> that give the good... <laughs> people <laughs> he's not a fan of paul krugman no indeed Redicus, uh says uh also says tinfoil hat time the iranian leaders were hoping to pin it on the u.s to gather more moral um more morale around their deteriorating regime they are con uh they're constantly being protested and seem to have a tenuous hand on the populace um yeah, maybe that maybe that would be the angle. Like it was deliberate, but they thought they could somehow blame the U.S. over it. Although, like, why would the U.S. shoot down a commercial air, like a, a civilian airline over Tehran? Yeah, you would think you'd want to do it like over Iraq or something like that yeah. if you wanted to set this this frame job up properly. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was honest mistake. I don't know if there was um, malicious motive. I, whatever it was, it's not working out for Iran, and it's. It's their issue, man. Redicus says, uh, hail Hortler. This has to be the racist Buddhists that Canada imported to buy up all their real estate. Always seem to be invisible Nazi ninjas. I know they always get away with it. They're so sneaky. Walsey says, go fudge. I assume that might be a reference to the fudge packers, but I don't know. God, I've gotten, speaking of which, real quick, I think we're all done. But, um, you know, in terms of how annoying online censorship gets and stuff and political correctness, of course, I like to read certain Vikings blogs and I like to read sports coverage and stuff like that. And even just in online communities for the Vikings and the Packers, which, of course, is one of the great rivalries in sports. A lot of these places, you can't even call each other fudge Packers or Vikings anymore. (laughs) Like, because it's yeah that's good i like it i like the vikings but it's funny to to make viking jokes all right it's funny to make fudge packer jokes and you can't do that in the comments at a lot of these sites anymore Ugh, they just have to ruin everything including storied american sports rivalries anyway uh, I, I do have looks one like, more oh, okay go for it shauna thornton blonde you're guaranteeing that your daughter will be exactly like you however seeing my mom's mistakes allowed me to learn from them and i made better choices i mean i'm really struggling with like the concept of raising a daughter it's going to be really difficult not to project my (laughs) self-loathing and my hatred of women on my daughter and your neuroticism and your and my neuroticism (laughs) yeah it's it's going to be really hard like with a boy i feel like i would have an easier way because they're naturally lower in neuroticism but like my daughter turns out just like me she's going to have a lot of problems well, uh, of course, the plan is that this is not going to be the only child. So this probably won't be a long-term problem. I hope problem. not, but you never know. And then what if here, she grows comes up and the she's, neuroticism. A, she's a lesbian feminist and I have no grandchildren? <laughs> oh, well, that's certainly a lot better than the problem of, you know, X amount of months ago of I- I've resigned to being a, a childless spinster for that's life. That's true. But, that's true. But I At will this point, I'd imitate so, Ann Coulter. Yeah, I'd be so yeah. jazzed with... If, with just one kid, like if that's all the children that God gives me, like I'm going to be able to resign myself to that. That's fine. Real quick. Thank you to uh chief and Quebec and Darth Jones for supporting the show on D live tonight. I think uh, that's it. I think we're all clear. So let's, uh, let's call it a show. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, tonight, guys. Much appreciated. And uh, thanks for hanging out in the live chat as well. If you are chatting it up and if you're listening uh, later on demand, on YouTube or on DLive or BitChute or maybe one of the audio platforms. Thank you kindly 
as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material on those audio platforms. So if you want to hear that horrific five-minute debate, if you want to call it that, with the gun grabber guy that was referenced earlier, that's all over there. We got other... I do have an interview with another channel coming up this week. That'll be up. We got uh, some stuff with Blonde as well. Stuff you might not find on our YouTube channels. Go check them out. Anything else, check out the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We got everything over there, including the new dating list. Um, and you can email us. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com as well. Uh, anyways, we'll be back next Sunday, of course, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not meet the press. It's beauty and the beta. Have a great night. Bye guys. Try and catch